The attempt on Nordberg's life left me shaken and disturbed. And all the questions kept coming up over and over again, like bubbles in a case of club soda. Who is this character in the hospital? And why was he trying to kill Nordberg? And for whom? Did Ludwig lie to me? I didn't have any proof, but somehow, I didn't entirely trust him either. Why was the I Love You not listed in Ludwig's records? And if it was, did he know about it? And if he didn't, who did? And where the hell was I? My Bleeding Ears. This is episode number 45. Today I have Jessalyn with me as always. Hello. And we have a special guest today. We have Brian Worth who is in the band Acts of Swine. Hello. And you have a new album, <laughs> Sadistically Speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Alright, well why don't you tell us a little bit about your band. It's a metal band, right? Yeah. Uh, we're uh, we're an, an old school death metal band. We, uh, we're from uh, Illinois and Wisconsin. It's a two-man band. It's myself and my friend Dan Gunther. He played all the instruments, wrote all the music, he mixed it, mastered it, so he's basically the studio, and I just did the vocals and recorded those in my house. And um, the album came out about almost two weeks ago. And, August 1st, right? Yep, mm -hmm, August 1st, and uh, things have been going really well uh, for, you know, like, we're selling some through our Bandcamp site, and you know it, it has popped up on some uh, Russian torrenting sites. Nice, so, dude, you made it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> People are stealing it, but we don't care. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Yeah. If I was to put out an album, I would just want everyone to listen to it. Yeah, know? get it out there. You, you know, just... yeah, like we never intended for this band to like be making money. Like we're we're right. not doing shows or anything like that. Um, you know, it was basically just us doing it for the love of this kind of music, and cool. you know. You know, it's been pretty crazy, all the stuff that's been happening with it. Oh, nice. Well, uh, what exact kind of metal would you say it was? And there's so many. There's, like, mm -hmm. stoner metal. Sure. There's, you know, uh, black metal, mm -hmm. death metal. Jessalyn's just looking at me like... <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of all these types of metal. <laughs> well, we're, we're definitely uh, death metal. We <laughs> like to think of ourselves as kind of like an old-school uh, death metal, kind of like the stuff from like you know the early to mid 90s so it's got that kind of like you know i think some of some of the songs have like a creepy horror movie vibe to it mm -hmm. uh who would you say that you uh sound the most like when you're comparing yourself to other metal bands um i would say uh early jungle rot is probably okay. a big influence um the first six feet under album um you know, bands like Amorphous, Gorefest, mm -hmm. um, 
uh, let's see, Cannibal Corpse, you know, that right. kind of stuff. Right, and, and I was listening, uh, for like the last week I've been listening to the album on mm-hmm. and off, and what I kind of got from it, it seems really like militaristic, uh, like kind Absolutely. of like you're going yeah. to war kind yeah. of thing. I like get this picture in my mind once I'm listening to a few of the songs, and it seems like I can just picture a group of like skeletons and ghouls like invading a city mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's that's what I pictured from it. Yeah. And you have this pretty cool, <laughs> the this name the name of this song is called uh, a crib cage. It's like a mixture of rib cage and like for like a baby, right? And like I'm I'm thinking of that in my mind, seeing a baby like in a, a rib cage, like it's yeah. their bed kind of thing. It's kind yeah. of cool, you know. It's, yeah. And I also like in that that track too. You kind of do something old school, like you would kind of see in the '80s, where you know someone speaking backwards. And yeah. <laughs> to... It's actually that's actually probably the s- saddest, most horrible story on the album. It's it's based on a true story. It's about a girl named uh, Jeannie Wiley. Mm-hmm. Who her father, uh, when she was almost two years old, he decided she was mentally retarded, and he decided the solution to that was to lock her in a room and not allow anyone to talk to her. So she stayed in that room with no one speaking to her until she was thirteen. Wow, that's yeah. So... And I mean, like, you know, when when I was trying to write that song, I, I'm like looking through the internet, like kind of trying to get some inf- inspiration, like looking for like something really horrible to write about, and man, did I find it! Okay. You know? Yeah, and I, what I thought was cool too is that you have all your lyrics online um, mm-hmm. through Bandcamp, and then you can, I can actually with a lot of death metal bands and uh, the Cookie Monster guys, you can't you you can't understand what the hell they're saying, but yeah. with with you, you actually can understand. Oh, you can if you yeah. if you pay attention, you yeah. can and read it, along it, with the lyrics. That, <laughs> that's what's been really weird for me listening to the album is because normally I can't understand the lyrics, but you know now that I know all the lyrics to these songs, I can understand them perfectly. I'm like. Can yeah. other people understand them? The same way I do? <laughs> well, I mean, try and ask a dude from Mortician that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mortician's a death metal band. Thank you. And the, guy, and the guy actually sounds like he's recording his voice in the bathroom while the band's playing in like a totally separate building. <laughs> <laughs> What's one of your first shows that you remember seeing, like heavy metal shows when you were uh, the first, The first show I ever went to was Down in 97 oh. at the Big. Oh, wow. And then second show was Deicide. Oh wow! Whale. <laughs> so that just, was quite a jump up. Yeah, it is. You have a you have a pretty uh, with Deicide especially, you know, because yeah. Down is a pretty cool band. You got Phil Anselmo in there, and they mm-hmm. they uh, it's, it's it's pretty hard, you know. But yeah. Deicide and everything is a whole different level oh, of yeah. metal, you know. Um, so yeah, that's a big jump right there. Yeah, and the, the cool thing that ties into our band is. Uh, my bandmate Dan, his old band Euphoric Evisceration, opened up at that show. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite, uh, my first show was Stone Temple Pilots. Oh wow! But that was a very long time ago. Yeah. How about yours, Jocelyn? So we're not talking metal specifically. No, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, my first show, I don't know, man. I didn't really care about going to concerts, to be no. honest. I don't like the crowd, so I would have to think about it. You, I, didn't, you didn't want to escape your parents and smoke some weed with some friends for a I, while? I no. mean, I didn't have to go to a concert to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think my first metal concert was, um, it was the Deftones opened up, mm-hmm. and it was, um, had, it was Pantera and White Zombie. Oh wow, that's cool. That was yeah, that was, yeah. But when White Zombie was still together, and yeah. er, everyone from uh, Pantera was alive, so so yeah, it was a very long time ago. Uh, I got a question for you because this, yeah. this is always 
I mean, I wouldn't say baffled my mind in a way, but why do you think that heavy metal and horror go so well together? I mean, do you, is, because growing up, my brother was a big metal head, and mm -hmm. he had, he lived in the basement, right? He had all his heavy metal posters up, like Anthrax and a lot of mm -hmm. Iron Maiden stuff. Yeah. Loved horror movies and always had like that horror thing to it. What do you think like a connection is, or Jesslyn or, or or Brian? You don't want to answer that. Well, it's, I think it's that metal, as far as the lyrics and themes, it doesn't turn away from like the darker aspects of life, and you know it's it kind of it just dives right into like all you know any kind of you know topic whatever it is like death or murder and just the dark side of humanity that's what metal tries to explore okay okay yeah i agree i mean we used to have competitions where we would watch people literally murder each other and now we have metal and horror movies where it's a safe environment mm -hmm. to like explore those urges where no yeah. one's actually being hurt yeah, it's, it's in just something hardwired in us yeah. where like we kind of crave those kind of images and yeah that kind themes. of violence yeah. yeah and this way we can get that sort of release in mm -hmm. music like metal or horror movies without anyone getting hurt yeah absolutely yeah. and and also back in the 80s and 90s being like a metal dude wasn't like seen as the coolest thing in the world mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like you saw a metal dude like oh i bet he's good at math you know, <laughs> i'm sure if people had that thought or kind of thinking when they would see someone in heavy metal but now it's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's mainstream, but it's more accepted along with a lot of other things, yeah. too. I think yeah. most people, like, even if they're not metalheads, they probably know one or two. And, right. like, they know, like, there's nothing really wrong with them. Maybe there's wrong, something wrong with some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, honestly, when I see a metal dude, I'm like, I bet that guy loves cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his hair smells wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most part, in my experience, metalheads are just, you know big cuddly teddy bears mm -hmm. you know? right they're like we look scary but we're really not no right. no not at all and that's something you eventually you learn about people like like i said my brother was a metal dude and there were i, I would see him hang out with metal guys all the time and it was just like it was kind of the norm for me anyway just mm -hmm. growing up with stuff like that but i also think that um horror movies are kind of like heavy metal they're kind of not looked as as serious or as real film um, yeah. When people might say metal isn't real music, well, yeah, it's real music. Of course it is. People are playing instruments or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But horror movies, it still hasn't reached like a a, a great popularity with common folk. Maybe I'll say or yeah. or, or, the, or the critics. The critics. Yeah. Well, there, well, luckily now there are a lot more critics who are who are part of a genre, you know, or mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. part of like Rumorg magazine, or there's different uh, online or, outlets. Yeah, for like it. Bloody Disgusting. Bloody Disgusting yeah. is another one. Or where's the, the guy with all the bones? Ah, whatever, yeah. whatever the guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually went to high school with the dude that started Bloody Disgusting. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, wow. he's, he's, I mean, we're, we're friends, I would say. Yeah, oh, that's he's, really, he's really that's cool awesome. Guy. Yeah, it's a pretty cool site. I go on every once in a while and check things out. They have some pretty cool articles and... It's a nice website, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. they were actually sponsored a film festival I went to, so that that was, I mean, that's awesome, you know, they're going to promote yeah. genre filmmaking. Yeah, they got they got a film coming out, it's, I guess it's like a, maybe a dark comedy, I don't know if it's horror, but it's about like a, uh, 
uh, Scandinavian uh, black metal band yes. going on tour. Or <laughs> I, uh, you know what? We missed that movie. Oh, we were did? supposed to watch that at the yeah. this that horror film festival I'm talking about. Oh, okay. It was uh, it was called Cinepocalypse, and it was called oh shit. Uh, I. I kind of wanted to so see it. So many times. I know. <laughs> I remember what it was called. I, I can't remember Death the name of it. Trip or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like yeah that. I forgot the name of it. But it, it supposedly was pretty funny. Yeah. I was kind of leery about it because I didn't like that movie Deathgasm very much. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't that big of a fan of it. But maybe I'll I'll check it out at some point. Yeah. Um, why do you think? Um, well, let's go. Let's go to your album cover here. So. Okay. <laughs> a, why acts of swine and when i say acts of swine i mean acts like acts mm-hmm. in a play not like an axe you would cut someone up with but uh your, your album cover is just a bunch of you know uh pig cadavers you know getting ready to cook i guess and uh mm-hmm. in the slaughterhouse and stuff um who, who drew that uh, was that just something you um someone drew for you or did you find that online or something it was done by uh my friend uh michael russo who uh he uh he was a guitar player in my previous band genus um so and he like whenever we released like eps he was like you know working on the album covers so when i when i was doing this it you know he was like the first person i thought of to do the cover and yeah like he he just found images on online and you know threw it together and put filters and whatever he does on he's really good at okay. uh, photoshop now when you're growing up and say like you go to a, like a used record place uh, or maybe even back in the days when you buy cds right <laughs> mm-hmm. uh did you ever judge an album by its cover and oh, just picked yeah. it up and like oh this looks badass <laughs> yeah then you find out like oh striper sucks you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that i mean yeah that, that that would happen tons of times and like you know it's hit or miss sometimes it was awesome and sometimes it wasn't yeah, i remember one time i think i picked up the disturbed album and i was like yeah. man this is horrible <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to remember any specific examples for me um because metal album covers are, are nuts usually They're yeah usually like mm-hmm. like a you know, cannibal corpse you got yeah. like bodies all being fucked up and everything yeah. you have morticians another one where it's just yeah. you have like uh, all this violence and, and gr- gratuitous violence on the cover and you're just like, wow, this must be from Satan himself, you know, so I should definitely pick it up, and then sometimes it just sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of some other examples of that happening. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, like, <laughs> I, I would do that a lot when I was like 12, 13, 14, you know, but like late, you know, as I got older, I usually knew what I was going into you're the going store to buy, mm-hmm. you know. Did your parents ever, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Did your parents ever try to censor what you would listen to, or were they pretty cool about whatever you wanted? Well, they, I don't think they really understood what the whole metal thing was about, and, you know, they were, I think, in general supportive of it. Mm -hmm. Um, They, I... I would say, like, yeah, they probably would try to keep us away from something if they knew that it was, like, really gory lyrics, but usually I, I don't think they were aware. Well, right. you couldn't understand so, what the yeah. fuck they're saying, so they're yeah. like, no, mommy's saying I'm petting kittens today. <laughs> my, my dad still asks me once in a while, like, you know, when are you going to grow in, into another type of music? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. It never ends. Like, I, I was a heavy metal dude growing up. Yeah. I 
I never wore like the vests with patches and shit or had uh, like long hair. One, because I couldn't grow long hair. I had a rat tail when I was younger, way younger. But, <laughs> but uh, I would just, you know, I would have a horror shirt. I mean, not a horror, like a heavy metal shirt on every once in a while. Uh, I remember, I had to say freshman year, I had a Pantera shirt on. And it was a really cool shirt. But on the sleeves, they had, like, marijuana leaves on them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the school made me turn my shirt inside out. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, oh, man. I remember that happening to a friend of mine when he was wearing his uh, Cowboys from Hell uh, long-sleeve <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a Jane's Addiction shirt, too, in eighth grade. And it was uh, their, I forgot the name of their album, the first one. Nothing Shocking? I think it was with the nude people on yeah. the front. Yeah, I had yeah. that shirt. I mean, I had, like, a pubic hairs and a dude's dick on the <laughs> <laughs> And like I, and for a few times that I wore that, I got away with it. But then finally, yeah. someone like it was some asshole student that was yeah. there was like, "Dude, what's with your shirt?" And oh, some teacher man. was like, "Ah, oh. fucking narc." Yeah. <laughs> then my mom finally like, "Oh, what are you wearing?" Oh, don't wear that to school. And then I wore it to school again. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. Great addiction rules. Yeah. <laughs> Rebellion. Now, uh, did you have any like? Uh, other like people who influenced you into this music or was it something that you just mm-hmm. kind of more found out yourself like a, a sibling um, or anything or cousin yeah my, i mean my brother definitely played a big role in it i mean uh w- i remember we had the guns and roses appetite for destruction cassette uh when <laughs> we i was uh i think seven or eight and that's i think that's where it all started but uh is he uh, he's uh like two years older than me older than me and is as he got into like high school, he started getting into like, he like his friends would get him into like Sepultura and death mm-hmm. metal stuff, and he would pass that on to me. Oh, cool! So that's kind of like the same thing with my brother. When I he, my brother's eleven years older than I am, mm-hmm. and when he was a teenager, we I'd hang out in his room in the basement with all his metal posters. He'd blast like Iron Maiden all the time, and. Um, Slayer and mm-hmm. big fan of Anthrax, so I got to hear a lot of that stuff growing up, and I and I liked it and everything. But I then probably about eleven, twelve. That's when Nirvana came out, right? And that opened a few more alleys for me, uh, especially with music and the whole Seattle and explosion. And Nirvana is pretty heavy, you know. But then you get to in those Columbia House booklets, you know, mm-hmm. if you remember those. Oh, yeah, yeah I used to do that. I had them a lot of money for, for a long pennies. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get to look through, the, like, the whole catalog, and you see, like, oh, what the fuck is Danzig, you know? Or yeah. you see, oh, yeah, Soulfly, who the fuck is Soulfly? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, it took me a little while. But, yeah, I started to like metal music, and not as much anymore. Uh, I've kind of grown more into like synth music mm-hmm. 80s synth music but i still yeah. i still listen to it on occasion when i you know want to chill out or i'm at work and i want to piss someone off so. <laughs> and my uh my bandmate dan he has a project you might like it's called uh, missing in stars it's a synth pop project Ooh, yeah, that's like, right up your alley yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah I, I bet you would dig it yeah i mean he, he's a crazy diverse talented musician that's he's, great he yeah does a little bit of everything awesome yeah yeah like me, I like a little bit of everything with mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, <laughs> at Cinepocalypse, Heavy Trip was Heavy the Trip. Of that movie. Oh, that's the yeah. name of it, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like some dude with corpse paint in the yeah. van. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that should be coming out pretty soon, I think. But we'll see. Yeah, it was a cool festival. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Axe of Swine, man. Ten tracks. You're blasting it out. Lyrics are on there. You can growl along with it. And uh, 
Uh, do you plan on releasing it on, on like, a physical copy at any time, or are you just going to keep it online? Not at this time, no. I mean, um, I, I don't... Maybe it's at some point down the road, but right now, like, it just doesn't make sense for us mm-hmm. to do that. I think if you're going to have physical CDs, you got to be playing shows, or else right. there's really yeah. no way you're going to sell them. Right, you know? right, right, right. And, uh, I mean, you guys don't plan on having any shows anytime soon, no. but just, yeah. you know what, I can really respect that, just to kind of put your music out there, just mm-hmm. for kind of, like, fun, and just, like, an accomplishment, I mean, like, hey... I got this thing on here, and I think it's pretty cool. Maybe you guys will listen to it, and, you know, we can talk about it, jam out, or whatever. So I think, you know, congratulations on that, Thank first you. of all, and for putting an album out there. I mean, that's just something I've never done, and a lot something a lot of people don't do. Mm-hmm. So, then, But luckily, in, with technology now, stuff like that's a little easier to do. So, yeah, man, um, congratulations once Thank again, you. and uh, I hope everything starts... Uh, you put out some more music or yeah i'm we're, we're hoping so too yeah and like i i think maybe sometime in the future you know we would consider putting like a live band together but right now i think we just want to keep releasing music and cool. building up the band awesome that sounds wonderful yeah how, how can you listen like itunes Google uh yeah Play? we're on itunes okay. we're on spotify uh you we, you can uh get the album from our band camp site okay. and where you can you can name your own price you can pay nothing or you can give us ten thousand dollars <laughs> and uh let's see um you got your own website too your yeah, own page yeah www.actsofswine.com youtube also you yep we're on youtube are you, guys, you know what are you guys going to shoot a music video i've it's something i've been thinking about i i was talking to a dude who uh you know says he can do something okay. you know pretty cheap for us and so but i mean nothing nothing is set in stone yet but right. it that's definitely something i'm kicking around all right cool man that's awesome thank you You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Eighty-seven film, The Gates. Jessalyn, take us away on the synopsis on this All one. All right. The Gates. Kids left home alone accidentally unleash a horde of malevolent demons from a mysterious hole in their suburban backyard. 
Ooh. Like, <laughs> gate to hell, I gate think we're led to believe. To yes. Uh, it's directed by... <laughs> it's directed by uh, Tibor Takics. I, you know, I, I don't know how to say it. He's Hungarian, dude. <laughs> he did the gate two and then just a bunch of TV episodes. I mean, do really, you know how to yeah. pronounce it, Brian? Because uh, yeah, he's see. from. If like, I was gonna say it, I would say Tybor Tekax. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I thought maybe since a lot of the bands you listen to come out of like Europe and shit, yeah. so, you know, <laughs> so sometimes okay. I like I don't even know if I'm saying people's names or band names right. I just say them <laughs> however I. Like, how do you even pronounce <laughs> the umla? You know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so he uh, Tibor over here. Did this movie, The Gate 2, he did lots of other TV. Um, like, lots of TV. That's about it with, like, horror movies and stuff, mm-hmm. really. Uh, our main characters in this movie are Glenn. He's played by Steven Dorff. And Steven Dorff, you would know from, like, Blade, uh, Alone in the Dark, Cold Creek Manor, Public Enemies, True Detective. Yeah, so season he's, two of True Detective, right? Right, yeah. yeah. He's in tons of stuff. I, I mostly know him from uh, Blade, being the main bad guy in Blade. Yeah. And uh, Alone in the Dark in that shitty movie that I've probably seen about four times. Me too. <laughs> it's so, so bad. Yeah. I can't stop watching it. Yeah. I, I might watch it after this. Who knows? I think I know him from, uh, there was a Beatles biopic movie that came out a long time ago. He was in the, he was like the band, a member of the band before they got oh, big. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. He's got a lot of credits. I mean, I had to be kind of choosy. So, yeah. Uh, the two other main people in this movie are Krista Denton. She um, she's a regular on Growing Pains. She played the sister Al or Alex Andra. Alexandra, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they just call her Al. Mm-hmm. And uh, Glenn's friend Terry, who his name is Lewis Tripp. He's the only character from the first one who ends up in the sequel because mm-hmm. I guess the family moves away and he kind of sticks around and has to deal with more bullshit that he deals with in this movie, which we'll get we'll get to in a minute. Uh, the movie pretty much opens up with uh, the character of Glenn. He's a 12, what, 14-year-old kid in this movie. Uh, he has a dream about his house being abandoned and his treehouse getting cut down. And he wakes up and he sees people in his backyard uh, digging, a, filling up a hole. So later on, him and his friend Terry go to check out what the hole is. And it was a tree that was there that was uprooted. And the guy's... Tried burying the hole, but they didn't bury it all the way because it kept just intaking more and more dirt. So they check it out and are like, whoa, dude, it's a hole in here, man. Um, The character of Terry is like a 14-year-old little metal dude. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So so you get to see, like, um, you know, he wears, like, the the jean vest and everything. You know, he's the awkward guy. He just lost his mom and everything. So he's kind of going through a phase in his life. So you, you tend to feel for him more than you would the other characters actually in this movie, which I'll get to also further down the line. Um, so they investigate, you know, nothing's there right at that moment. Uh, his parents end up leaving for, we don't know why exactly, I don't think, I don't remember why, they just left for like three days and left Al, his sister, in charge yeah, of him. Yeah, 16-year-old sister in charge. And of course, as soon as they go away, party, party. time, right? And, yeah. and did you guys ever do that? Like, your parents go away for a weekend and you're like, dude, it's time to fuck No. Up. No, no, you guys... <laughs> Never. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. <He's> like... <laughs> no, I mean, nothing, nothing huge, but yeah, we yeah. have friends over. Let's have some yeah. friends over, yeah. have some beer and stuff, yeah. 
But I had some parties too. Yeah. <laughs> no one, not that many people wanted to come party with us. <laughs> <laughs> you were more like dudes, the Glenn yeah. and the the Terry characters. <laughs> so yeah, her sister has a party and they're kind of fucking around and what they want to do is they want to try and levitate each other saying, you know, it's possible, it's possible. Well, right before they're about to levitate people in this party, Glenn and uh, Terry find found a geode in the middle of uh, of the hole that was dug and they bring it out and they crack it open and it like unleashes like this mist and gas and you don't know what it is. They but... read some sort of incantation too, yeah, right? It, you yeah. Know, yeah. You ever have one of those I don't know what they're called, but it's you get a pen and you 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 write it over like on this pad over like the sheet and it makes like you know the words on there then you just lift the sheet and it erases everything i don't know like oh yeah i remember old school Mm etch-a-sketch without the the sketch part of it just like the paper thing and then yeah it leaves like all those different like satanic messages or whatever (laughs) on it you know these these symbols and eyeballs and shit so yeah they don't know what they're reading so pretty much they unleashed a demon and then (laughs) what happens is uh glenn is levitated by some people and they're like whoa holy shit and everyone's like quiet after that like they like someone levitating isn't like serious to them for some reason like if i saw someone levitated in front of me i would i would poop myself you know it's yeah. like I, how yeah this, it seemed like, like they uh, thought it didn't really happen yeah <laughs> were they all stoned at this party uh, even if they were I mean, oh That's shit good dude. shit and then like fuck you just ripped out that lighting unit yeah. huh? <laughs> see that's the thing that gave me you know power to have a party you know, you can always go around and clean up shit, you know, cover things up. But when you have, like, a light fixture ripped out when you're 16 years old, there's not shit you can do about it, yeah. you know? You just have to sit on it and wait and be like, come up with some stupid story about how, it, you know, you guys are having a dunk contest or something that <laughs> happened. Or, so, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, in this movie, you they introduce, like, this brother-sister relationship. Um where the sister's a little older and it's um you don't really see it too often in film where uh they the brother and sister have their differences but ultimately they still love each other and they still get along and everything and they don't need necessarily something tragic to happen for them to connect and that's what kind of happens in this movie do you guys ever like what's your relationships with your with your uh siblings do you are you you kind of more like this or you guys when you were younger or did you just hate each other or what was that like um i mean my brother and i like we when we were younger like we didn't hate each other but like he was into sports and i could care less about sports (laughs) so i was like you know we we didn't have anything in in common until heavy metal and he started playing drums and i started playing guitar so then that's what we bonded over and today yeah we got a pretty good relationship together Mm mm-hmm no, you, on the other hand. <laughs> I, mean, I, th- I was a bully, for sure, definitely. Um, but I remember our relationship as being okay. We weren't close until maybe I went away to college, and then I think we really started communicating. My little sister would disagree and say that we never got along. We told her all the time. I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. But, yeah. We got close later. <laughs> See, I like these characters that they have in the movie, but I think the character of Terry is way more integral to this movie, and he's way more interesting than these other two characters. Um, you get to learn a lot more about him. You know, you learn that his dad's kind of a drunk, 
Uh, he's not around. Uh, his mother died, and he kind of pushed him into maybe heavy metal and the occult and making mm-hmm. shit up maybe and just kind of finding his own path in, in his way. So I, I really like how they did in the sequel. They focused more on him. Yeah. Um, he was yeah. definitely the like most interesting character. He was he was the meat of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't have him. It was just going to be another paint by numbers kind of film with opening some shit in your backyard with your sister and mm-hmm. her friends, you know, and trying to you know, figure out what's going on. But luckily, they this character was integrated in here that um, it kind of it pieced everything together well. You know. Um, you're, uh, you're never upset with him. Yeah, no, you're no, completely, no. Yeah. yeah I mean, the really movie, I think the movie yeah. should have been focused more on him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think he made the movie. Yeah. So, uh, all this shit starts to happen, and all of a sudden, we're introduced to those little creature guys. Well, so, th- the whole thing with the dog happens first, right? Oh, yeah, right? you know, I forgot yeah. about the fucking dog. Yeah. So, <laughs> he shit. sees, Terry sees, like, the ghost of his mother, and he goes to hug her, and then realizes it's the dog. It's uh, Glenn's dog, Stephen Dorff's dog, who Glenn says is, like, 100 years old. He's a really old dog. So, when yeah. he realizes it's the dog, the dog, he lets go, and the dog dies. Right, yeah. So, he feels <laughs> terrible, and... Yeah, because um, the demons are fucking with him for the right, most part. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the dog ends up getting thrown into the pit, right? Yeah, Which is the first part of the sacrifice to open the gates right, of hell. Right, right, yeah. right. And that's, yeah. Uh, and along with Glenn nicking his f- finger while they were kind of digging right. up the hole, mm-hmm. too. Which, you know, gave him the, a little taste of blood. Right. First, then, of course, yeah. The, the funny thing about the dog, though, is that uh, the sister gets her, not even her boyfriend, it's just like uh, some, some guy she's yeah. interested in. And he's totally like, hey, hell yeah, I'll take care of this, you know? And he's going to go... <laughs> Take the dog to to be uh, I don't know buried or whatever at the at the uh, the vet, but they were closed. And he's like, "Fuck, sorry, dude." And he's as he has this dog sitting next to him in his like Trans Am. <laughs> so then he he peels out of there and goes back to the house, and no one's there. So he just ends up throwing the dog into the pit, in the and covering pit. it. Yeah. <laughs> what a dickhead! Man. Yeah, yeah, opening the gates of hell, and then the the teeny demons. Then the little teeny teeny demon guys come out, and well, when did you guys first see this movie? Um. Well, I we I watched it uh last Thursday or Friday. I went into it went into it thinking I hadn't seen it before, but when I saw the levitation scene, it all came back to me. I've right. seen this movie dozens of times. Right. It's one of those movies. Yeah, you're like I've seen I was, this shit. I was like probably when I was like eight or nine years old. Right. You know? Yeah. Same here. Yeah. 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 You told me to watch it when we were dating, and I thought I'd never heard of it. But then when I saw the Teeny Demons, I was like, Oh, I've totally seen this yeah. movie before. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I. It took me until now because I haven't watched this movie in, in quite a while. But it's cool to start watching film and, and totally just cutting it out and just, just trying to find the like how they did things, of course. And one of them was with those little guys. It was uh, a cross between um, stop-motion animation, but most of it was forced perspective, uh, meaning, you know, they got something in the foreground and something in the background, which is the same size, but the perspective is bigger than the other one, which I thought was really cool how they did it with these little guys because, of course, they had to build the, the sets... To match, you know, uh, where they were, and then had to get the actor or actors to play the demon in those in those demon suits. I'm sure those things are awfully hot too. Mm-hmm. But one part which is really cool is when uh, Terry falls down the hole, uh, and all those little demon guys are down there, and they start fucking with him yeah. and start attacking him and his leg. 
And what's really cool is that they somehow they got and made a huge leg in that hole, and they had those actors dressed up as the little imp demons, like surround his leg and everything. Do you remember there's that one part where um, Glenn is smashing that one little demon imp guy, and he's like shaking really fast yeah. and everything? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a, a huge leg, and that's a guy in a suit underneath it, scrambling around. <laughs> uh, they sped up, yeah. of course, the yeah. little guys, you know, the, the film a little bit, so they moved a little faster. But I just thought that was really cool how it was integrated. And especially towards the end when um, we get to see the big demon come out of the, in the middle of the house, the hole, and all the little demons kind of crawl out before he does, and they crawl out kind of one by one, and there's probably about two dozen of them just hanging out outside this hole waiting for the big monster yeah. to come out. And then they start, they start cheering. And yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> but one thing um, I, I think is how they did it is maybe one actor was did that, but did it, climbed out of that hole about 40 times for all the little imps. Yeah. And they were able to film that. it one at a time yeah. and just kind of integrate it all in one, which I thought was really well done. Me too. Uh, a lot of the effects really still hold up until now. Stop motion, I think, will always kind of hold up as long as it's done well. Yeah. You know? But you can always tell what stop motion is. Right. But it's, I think it's a lost art anyway. So it's kind of cool to go back and see some of these movies, you know, like Jason and the Argonauts and mm -hmm. The Gate and stuff like that. So I, I really love that kind of art. Yeah, you have to appreciate that it takes hours Days. to make yeah just a couple of small movements right, with stop yeah. animation you gotta think so, of the yeah. camera you gotta think of the lighting mm -hmm. and everything yeah. Yeah. Or like if you watch like uh the the early like tool videos that right. are all stop motion yeah like, the, that must have taken forever oh jeez mm -hmm. oh man yeah i couldn't do it i can barely build a model <laughs> 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 fucking glue damn it <laughs> yeah you and matt did something once in here, yeah, that was did. maybe like 10 seconds long, and it took you all day. It took us all day to do it, man. <laughs> I think his name was like Cheap Shot McGee or something. It was just like this guy who would sucker punch. No, Sucker Punch McGee. Yeah. Like this guy who just kind of like sucker punch an action figure. And... Yeah. <laughs> um, so they think um, later on, they think they figured out how to end, you know, the... Uh, all the demons from coming out of the hole and they start reading like this Bible passages and that's right before Terry falls in. He falls in, they get him out and then, you know, they start reading more passages and then you throw the damn Bible into the hole and it explodes and they think everything is fine. And, you know, it's one of those kind of fake, you know, everything's fine moments, mm -hmm. but it wasn't. Now, earlier in the movie, Terry told Glenn a story about um, how an orchid man was working around the building when it was being built and he died and instead of the people building a house uh, saying something about it reporting it they were like we don't want to deal with this shit we're just going to bury him in the walls <laughs> and, and of course it's a made up story by Terry to fuck with Glenn but of course the demons figure out like what really fucks with you so he actually the man who was supposed to be buried in the wall, ends up coming out of the wall and coming after and capturing uh, Terry and Al. Mm -hmm. So now they have their two other sacrifices for everything to come true, or for all the demons to rule the world or, or whatever. And that's when we finally get to see the big demon coming out in, in the middle of the house, you know. And he grabs um, 
Glenn, Glenn and he grabs him by the hand and he puts like an eyeball in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that part. That, that freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be kind of cool, you know, yeah. to have an eyeball in your hand, you know, but other than that, it would just like... Like, could the, that eyeball see? And like, could Glenn yeah. see what that eyeball was? Yeah. Seeing? Like yeah, a whole nother see mind? that eyeball? <laughs> but can you imagine like, or if it's in your right hand, you know, yeah. and you do, well, you're right-handed. I left-handed. Um, well, I, 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 sw- I switch back and forth. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So nice. All right. So, so I, I can't, I can't uh, put this joke towards you then. I'm going to okay. put it towards you. So <laughs> this is building up to something. Thanks for ruining the joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's like, all right. So Jessalyn, imagine if you had that eyeball in your left hand and then you, you know, have you, and then you tried to go to the bathroom and then you have that eyeball and then you go and wipe. Oh, because I yeah. wipe with my left hand. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Thanks for, uh... <laughs> like, would you feel bad for you, or would you feel bad for the eyeball? <laughs> only if that eyeball... Only if you couldn't see with that eyeball. It's so, uh... So the big demon shows up. <laughs> and, uh... uh earlier, in the, earlier in the film, Al, Alexandra, had given Glenn a missile. Right. Glenn was a big fan yeah. of, of missiles, I yeah. guess, and those rockets. He likes shooting them off because he almost blew up his own house with one of them early. <laughs> you see that in the movie. He's like, his dad's like, you know, you can't fire these things off without an adult. And then he looks up, and then a corner of the house was kind of burnt because he shot a missile off into it. Well, first of all, that was stupid. Why'd you put it right underneath, like, the, the fucking shingles? And you just yeah, this kid, the kid's not very smart. No, he's not. They have a huge backyard, you know? <laughs> God. Yeah, it is weird that he's the hero. It's totally <laughs> should be. So he ends up with a, he has a few rockets, and he has like this really huge rocket, and he shoots it at the monster. And As a symbol of love, because his loved. sister who loves him gave right. him this rocket. Yeah. yeah, so it all comes back to how, you know, they the brother and sister actually really do care for each other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're at a point in their lives where you have a teenager, and you have a kid who's going to become a teenager pretty soon, so mm-hmm. there's going to be some friction there. But all in all, they still love each other, which is really cool, you know. I guess it can go along with the metal thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Love conquers all in metal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that metal, there are lots of songs about heartbreak in metal, yeah. I've discovered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's probably what most of them are about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mutilation, either one. <laughs> <laughs> <Take your thing. laughs> Alright, we're going to go through our, our counts that I usually like to um, do. But unfortunately... This week, there are zero kills in this movie, there are zero breasts, and there are zero penises. This is a first for My Bleeding Ears. Yeah. There's at least one of everything in there. Because in in the show, we like to, um, I do a kill count, and I do a breast count, and then I I do a penis one too, because I'm an equal opportunity. Let's be fair, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, can you count the organ man? Uh, this is dick in the movie? <laughs> death. Oh, the death count. Oh. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I mean, he was wearing a jumpsuit. I didn't know he got torn in the crotch area. And I was like, could have been a hammer, maybe, or like one of his, his little tools that he used to go around got the my house. tools right. Yeah. Or, I mean, I thought about, can you count Terry's mom? Not really, because no, she doesn't die on screen. Yeah. Can you count the dog? Kind of, but he comes he back comes to life. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess so, one death. But so I decided I was going to take over the death 
like puns because Larry didn't want to do it anymore in the last podcast yeah. he said but I, I couldn't think of any funny like dog death puns <laughs> there are none funny. that's sad dude dogs and animals dog dying in film funny. No. It's, it's the worst man like yeah. anyone like any people fine I don't give a fuck die. yeah well depending on the scenario yeah but animals never uh, yeah. Mm. yeah it's not funny <laughs> and for me I'm the guy who usually roots for the bad guy but yeah Kill a cat, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, letter grade, Jessalyn, what do you give this movie? I give it a B minus. Mm-hmm. I did end up reading some critics' reviews that called it like a ripoff of movies like Goonies or like Spielbergian movies like, like Poltergeist that. Poltergeist kind of. Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was a decent attempt. I wouldn't call it a ripoff. Well, I, it, it's different than movies like Poltergeist yeah. or Spielberg movies. It's not so grandiose you know it's this movie's a lot more muted and there's no ta-da scenes right as compared to a movie like poltergeist you know it's where it's constantly setting you up for something but with this movie with the gate it's more of okay along the lines this happens and there was really not too much build-up and if there was it was maybe way back in the beginning uh the guy who was buried in the walls is one of them he was mentioned maybe once before Mm-hmm. And then he comes in an hour later. Foreshadowing. It was, it, was, it was actually nice foreshadowing. Yeah. And with those little creeps and everything, it's just, you didn't expect those little guys to come out. or, yeah. the, or Those adorable little guys. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just kind of wanted to feed them like carrots. Right? <laughs> yeah, you go, but like baby carrots. Here, let me rub your belly. Like, here, I'm sure you grab one and run away, you know, this little fucking hole in the backyard. <laughs> All right, what did you think, Brian? Did you like that? Uh, uh, well, I mean, I I probably probably give it like a C, maybe a C plus, mm-hmm. something around there. Um, like you, I you. I think I think like when I was younger, it was a good gateway. Ah. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, you know, gateway movie into horror films, but mm-hmm. you know, at this age, it doesn't really do a whole lot for right. me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did think. Like when they find that geo, that kind of reminded me of Creepshow. Uh, the uh, oh, with Jordy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the comet. The lonesome death the of Jordy Verrill. Yeah, lunkhead. And the little demon dudes reminded me of uh, I. I couldn't think of the name of the movie, but I found it today. Cat eyes. Oh, cat's eye. Oh, yes. Cat, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cat's yeah. Eye. But the, like the third, the third. Yeah, when segment, I when yeah. I saw when I saw the picture of. I guess it's a troll. It yeah. looked totally different, but, but he's still yeah. little, and you know, and that yeah. guy is worse though. He's yeah, got that big nose. He's a real snarly kind of. Yeah, guy. he's not. He's not adorable at all. No, <laughs> cat kills him though. Don't yeah. fuck with animals. Yeah, that cat's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is pretty awesome, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, that whole movie, all those different yeah. places. I, like <laughs> you know, we were talking about Terry earlier, and I, like I, I thought he, they did a really good job with ca- that character, and like. How he was kind of like a mashup of two 80s stereotypes. The, uh, you know, scrawny, nerdy kid and the 80s metalhead. Right, yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, the first scene he was in, he was wearing a Venom jacket. And that's, like, a pretty obscure reference right, yeah. for, even for a movie from 1987. Right, yeah, you got a good point there. Yeah, Venom yeah. wasn't, like, they were pretty big, but they weren't out, yeah. like, in the masses, like yeah. Anthrax and shit like, was back then. Like, 
80s movies that I remember having metalhead characters, like, usually they just slap, like, an overkill shirt on it. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. or, like, yeah. that one movie, um, uh, Trick or Treat, that got fucking Skippy from, uh, what's that, uh, uh Alex P. Keaton show. Oh, Family Ties? Family Ties, yeah, they got fucking <laughs> Skippy. <laughs> the nerdiest fucking asshole, the fucking yeah. metal dude. But it kind of does make sense, you know, like we were talking about earlier with metal guys and everything, especially back in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't the most popular thing to do, but Mm -hmm. hey man, that's your thing, you go for it. And he did, he was a a red-headed, glassed metal dude, kind of like my brother, except he didn't have red hair, he had like long black hair. (laughs) Yeah, it was, was, I mean, I kind of saw that in my brother too, growing up watching this movie, like, oh wow, my brother's pretty odd, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know he is anyway. That has nothing to do with metal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what about you? What letter grade do you give this movie? I'm going to give it also a B minus. Mm-hmm. I, I still do enjoy this movie. Uh, nostalgia did play a little bit of a role in it too. Uh, does it hold up yet? Yeah, I think it does. Uh, it's not as grandiose either, as I said, like Poltergeist or any of those house yeah. horror movies. It doesn't have as much heart either. True, yeah. The characters aren't as developed as well, mm-hmm. except for the character of Terry. Mm-hmm. But it gets the job done, I think. And I, I think it deserved a sequel, and I think it deserves a little more attention. At least yeah. one more watch through. If you've seen it before, watch it again for the last time, maybe. And you're like, okay, I've seen it. I'll remember it forever now. And, yeah. and if you haven't seen it before, yeah, you should, you should check it out. It's you know, it's a pretty simplistic movie. It's not it's not a billion dollar film. It's a little small movie. So I mm-hmm. I say check it out. Yeah. Well, uh, that about does it this week. Uh, Brian, thank you once again for coming along. And, yeah, and th- uh, thank you for having me. Right. Um, check out your know, acts of swine. Mm-hmm. Check out your your album and check out Bandcamp. Want to tell them everywhere else you can go and find everything? Uh, let's see, Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, iHeartRadio, uh, our website, um, Facebook. Uh, I'm probably forgetting something, but yeah. you guys were not messing around. You released this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys did not fuck around, man. You no. guys put it straight. Yeah. It's taken me like over a year to get this whole podcast and website and things put together. You know, mm-hmm. I'm barely even on Instagram now. You guys like shit this out in like a month. It seemed. I just feel like yeah. a lazy sack. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's actually been in the works for a, a few years. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like, like, I and. We finished the album and then sat on it for a while just because both of us were so busy. We didn't have right. time to really give it the attention it needed. And then when it was time was right, we we squeezed it out. All right, cool, man. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening once again, and we'll catch you next week. The authorities are in your benches still, man. I mean, no, no, no.